0: What's up everybody, it's Johnny King here on another episode of the Johnny King Show. I'm hanging out in studio, aka my living room, with uh, <laughs> with a good buddy of mine, Chance Terrell. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, it's good to have you back in town. You We met when you were living in Denver, then you moved away to D.C., now you're back for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Time, and really, it feels like time flew. Like, yeah. I was gone two years. Yeah. And were it, you really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, it didn't feel like that. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, and I don't know, I mean, we talked a couple of times, yeah. but it is cool how, like, I have a community here, mm-hmm. and so that community has just opened its arms up and just welcomed me back in. That's pretty cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, I want to get into a little bit more of, you know, your background, since I could easily read your bio, but that sometimes gets a little formal. Uh, if you're watching the the video on YouTube, you can see my roommate's dog walking around so it's very casual but um I met chance at a mankind project weekend new warrior training weekend and um i've done a f you know a fair amount of work, and through that work, sometimes I have great trainers and other times I have horrible trainers. <laughs> I really resonated with you and Jeff Robbins, who are the two guys I've really kept up with, mm-hmm. hiked with him, had dinner with him and his wife uh a week or so ago. Um fortunate enough to have you come and speak to my meeting of men mm-hmm. most recently, and several of the guys were like, Hey, you know, let me know when that I want to hear the, the chance, you know, interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool, this better cool. be good, otherwise you're oh. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't want to let anybody down. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah.
1: I'll do everything I can to please them. I'm sure yes. <laughs>
0: you're such a pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's just good to to have you know to have you and Jeff and a bunch of the other men impact me on such a powerful weekend um as i as i mentioned at, at the men's meeting when you were speaking like it's just it's been it w- was the experience of having so many other men men that I didn't even know hold space for me was a feeling I've never had mm-hmm. it was pretty powerful mm-hmm. you know but your energy and that of jeff's as well as it's uh I don't know you 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 definitely vibe the king King energy for me, hmm. you know, just hmm. very integrated and <clears throat> I know we all have our shit to do, but when i when I've heard more about your story, I've been like, Damn, you've come a long way, <laughs> you know, you've done a lot of work yourself, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. inspiring, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about you know? you come from and any anything that you'd like to sh- open up about we can yeah well i want to
1: tag things. on to something that you just said yeah. um and then I'll, I'll go into that which is um finding someone to help us be the best we can be is not a one-size-fits-all yeah you know and like you said jeff and myself you know you kind of vibe with somebody yeah. and and that's the gateway yeah. you know it's like this is somebody that you know I I can kind of like have a, a resonance with yeah. and then I can kind of pick up some things. And um what what I wanted to say for the people who are listening is find those people. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people in the world who coach or do different things that they do and I'm like, oh man, that person is like so wanky. But there's people that though they help that I there's no I don't help them. Yeah. You know, they don't identify with me, I don't, yeah. they don't resonate with me. And so there's, you know, find those people yep. find them yep. uh and sometimes i also think it's good even when you don't resonate some- with someone hang out with them yeah. because of that friction or that you know like i have a good buddy and you know he's f- you know foreign he's highly educated you know he's like and and you know we're like oil and water but mm. there's just some magic in that mm. um really and and because we're you know admire each other and respect each other enough I try hard to like glean into his experience, mm-hmm. and and vice versa. And so we, you know, we serve each other in that way. So that being said, <clears throat> um, oh, I'm I'm 43, and um, sometimes I feel like about 20 and more 15, <laughs> or you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm about 83.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were talking that before we started. Yeah, and <laughs> we're working on the gym. Yeah, sometimes can make you feel one way or the other.
1: <laughs> I I do believe it's a a threshold of maturity to get to the place where I'm I am not invincible. Mm-hmm. I'm not invincible, and I do know and see that you know the horizon of death.
2: Mm.
1: And um and the thing that is really powerful about that is it has me clearly. Knowing, I can't keep fucking around. Mm. I, I've I've got shit to do, mm-hmm. and and not that like I've I because I'm not a, a a busy person, but I do have shit to do, mm-hmm. and it keeps me a, a lo, that alive in me. Um. So you know, so my dad died a few years ago, <clears throat> and um, I don't know if I was about forty or forty-one or something, but uh, there was this really weird awakening in me that I had become even more of a man mm. when he died mm. and I think it was that I I didn't have access to this this library of wisdom and it was me you know mm-hmm. I was like I got to depend on me to you know either seek those answers out or be there for myself or mm-hmm. um, you know rather than have him lie to me about what the answer is I got to lie to myself <laughs> about what the answer to these like life's big <laughs> yeah. questions and stuff. Yeah, true. So, um, so you know, to to take you through, I don't know. I guess some of what made me who I am is, um, I faced I faced hard shit. Yeah, I continued to face hard stuff, and m- plenty of that was self created for a long time, mm. and um, made up or borrowed Mm -hmm. and um and and it served its purpose for the time that it did uh because it kept people away from me and you know I I really was not fit for relationships Mm. so I would behave in these horrific ways and I would keep those relationships away from me and and it was all kind of part of the plan Mm -hmm. but um
0: consciously or subconsciously
1: yeah both yeah yeah both yeah um So uh, legal problems as a kid and as an adult, young adult, uh, you know, violence, lots of violence and stuff like that, just being really angry, being really angry, really powerless, really scared, uh, really uh, self-conscious and insecure. And, you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, and I drank plenty and there was that level of drinking where I just became completely unreasonable. Mm. And anybody I looked at was giving me a look
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and and you know and and I had to do something about it or whatever it it was just it was ridiculous Mm. it was ridiculous and um I I there was a ton of release around I just can't handle that type of shit anymore I can't handle to keep creating such drama and issues and and, you know like I was creating more problems than I could solve Mm. so um it was you know, like turning over a new leaf and reinventing myself and discarding all these things that I told myself who I was mm-hmm. and knowing that if I continued to adhere or cling to those things, I would continue to create the same life I was creating, which was I didn't like it, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was horrible, I really wanted peace. I really wanted... <sighs> (sighs) You know, I've talked about success with you before and what that really means and and what I thought it meant was having things and, you know, stuff like that. And and I that was where, you know, I continued to reinvent what success meant Mm -hmm. and. Because I did create money. I did create those types of things. And and it was like, man, it just didn't scratch the itch. Mm-hmm. And and I'd I, I waste <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd piss it away or I'd, you know, fuck it up or I'd, oh, yeah. I'd gamble or I'd, you know, I would yeah. do whatever I was doing for that, some of that rock star stuff. But um, I think that there were, I, I I got married in my early 20s, mid 20s. And um, I did that because I had been writing in a motorcycle gang and in a 1% club. And um, and it, it, it shook me up, you know, like um, a lot of the activities and a lot of the things and you know, the brotherhood was amazing. It was amazing to know that these people had your back mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and you had their back and you know, everything was handled internally and um, but, it, but it shook me up because I was like, I'm gonna fucking die for somebody here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna end up dead or in prison and um and, and there were parts of it, man, I loved. Mm. I loved riding like that. And there was a lot of you know, I'm a high sensation seeking person, so it was like it was just all the time. Um but I, I but but I think it, it I had this awakening to the point where I was like I, I think I need to settle down. Mm. You know, like I need to I played Russian roulette one one day one we'd we'd stayed up all weekend And on a Sunday morning, you know, of like kind of like trying to wrap things up, I played Russian roulette and, and, you know, that it was intense. It was really intense and, um, stupid. Mm -hmm. And so I got out of the club and I'm like, I'm gonna settle down. I'm gonna get married and, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do that life. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do that life. And, um, and it was, it was a drama. It was a play. You know, it was like a conceptualization. And, um, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I... I, She had a son. He was one. I thought I'm going to complete a family. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to like... And, and I just, I couldn't figure it out. I, I, I struggled and, and it was painful to face how inept I was mm-hmm. in creating success in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it it really drove me to, you know, do again do a bunch of deep soul searching to to see what the hell I was doing, what I was doing, what I was creating, what I was perpetuating, what I was bringing out in another person mm-hmm. rather than bringing out their best. You know, I, I was, you know, r- running that thing, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, and then I had a, a, you know, a series of other, you know, more and more and more successful relationships and um, through my late twenties and into my early thirties. And, um, and I think one of the things I had been coaching for, you know, years at that point and thought I was pretty good and, you know, I cared and I studied up and, and, um, there were some other business parallel things that were, were going good and not so good. Um, but, um, I had, I had an older brother that, uh, I had a fractured relationship with from childhood Mm -hmm. and we'd kind of grown apart and struggled and a lot of ego shit and big brother stuff. And, you know, when I was a kid, um, he was my hero. He was, you know, he was looked up to him. I wanted him to accept me. And, um, and, and the games that we played was that I would want that and he wouldn't give it to me. And that was, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of played itself out. Mm -hmm. And, Throughout, as as we became adults, we continued to kind of struggle with some of those things. But I'd always dreamed and fantasized that we would reconnect. Mm. We would like be brothers again. And um, we 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 did a couple of the things, and there were ruptures. I, I sold him a car, he didn't pay for it, and it was you know one of those things. <laughs> and um, and 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 I was like, this motherfucker is gonna <laughs> he's gonna do this shit to me again. <laughs> And I, um, you know, kind of like it, and, you know, I was pissed and I was, my, my heart was really hard and, and, and at the same time I wanted to help him, you know, I knew he was struggling and, but I, but I couldn't. And, and I, I'm, I'm asking myself, I can't even help my own brother. What, what good am I doing in the world? How, how can I help other people? And, um, and the next year he died. Mm. He, um, you know, OD'd, uh, drinking and and aspirated and that thing, and um, fairly overt self destruction, mm. and it fucking destroyed me. Sure, totally, yeah. totally fucking destroyed me. And I was pissed, and I was confused, and I was, and and it was, it was the first time I had ever actually touched the grief that I felt, mm. and um i just strapped in and went for the ride mm. and you know other family members who had died and you know my divorce and everything that i had deferred grief on mm-hmm. it it was a tsunami mm. it was it was a tsunami and and i too became suicidal and like hopeless and despondent and you know and um I had people support me and help me and I faced it and I did the work and it taught me more about love than anything ever had.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Mm.
1: So that was like a a, a complete shift in my coaching practice, in my relationships, in uh, my intimate relationships. And, you know, there were so many gigantic lessons in saying goodbye Mm -hmm. and, finishing things well, and valuing relationships Mm. that I had never, ever faced. So that was about 10 years ago. Mm. And um, my dad died. When he died three years ago, it was a completely different experience. Interesting, yeah. Because I took every opportunity I could to say goodbye. Mm. And I, I continued to face whatever awkwardness I felt around not knowing what to say. You know, or dad, you know, why the fuck didn't you take better care of yourself? And rather than do this weird like blamey thing, I just was like, I'm not gonna waste a single second in that bullshit, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna love while I have an opportunity to Mm -hmm. love and connect. Mm -hmm. So, that's a bit of a, you know, a, a meandering, timeline with some pretty key and there's been tons others tons others that have that have created pivot points and and shifts from one era of my life to the other um let's
0: talk about though i want to before you go on to anything else like i do feel like i mean my mom passed and i was able to reconcile some things after she passed yeah and i wonder for those that are listening or watching um if they have that type of Anger or uh, regret over and maybe not saying goodbye. The way yeah. how did you do it with your bro? Uh, what was your process?
1: Well, it was it was a desperate clinging. I mean, I know that one. You know, if 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 there's people out there and they're in that, I know that one, mm. and um, it it nearly ate me alive, mm. and I just had to let go. I just had to make my peace. I had to go back. So what I did is I spent a lot of time going all throughout our lives, forgiving the stuff that like I needed to forgive, mm-hmm. the resentments and the, you know, all that stuff. And I just remembered the beautiful parts. I remembered, you know, like dad taking us on road trips and like, you know, sitting in the back of the truck and singing and, you know, doing <laughs> shit like yeah, that. Yeah. That was like before we had become so corrupted mm-hmm. by the world and by ego and by, you know, our bullshits of wants and power and you know fucking each other over and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there are no rewrites. There are no rewrites. So what I did was I took that energy of regret. I took that energy of because it's powerful. It's a very powerful and and moving energy and I used it to shape how I would create my future Mm -hmm. and I still have regret Mm. you know he called me in October and you know it was this we'd had major you know words over the course of a couple of months and some of it was through voicemail and wouldn't take (laughs) calls that kind of thing but he just said something like you know I'm sorry I'm sorry for everything and and um, and I never called him back, hmm. never called him back, and this was like august July or August the next year, where he was like done, you know he just he just had it with life, and um yeah, sure could have could have called him, should have called whatever the, that game i can I can beat the hell out of myself with, yeah, I ran it, yeah. you know, I ran it for a long time, I didn't deserve to live, and you know plenty of those things, but um, the lessons that I learned, the powerful lessons was it made sense to me to teach those to other people mm. before from October to August, they have an opportunity to do something to to choose something yeah, else, completely. and you know he he was he had issues you know he was not a good person he wasn 't a nice guy. And, you know, but I had an opportunity to do something different. Mm -hmm. And that is what, you know, not what other people do, but what I do, which creates resentment or regret Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like was the stem to his pain? You know, I don't, I'm not, I could make it up uh, unresolved childhood issues Mm -hmm. he had a lot of health issues as a kid and um, you know like he he had asthma and allergies and he had a hole in his heart and you know and I don't know if just the fight you know shifted something for him or made him feel like he was broken Mm -hmm. you know God how many of us feel like anytime we have some thing that's going wrong with us we we think we're fucking broken Mm -hmm. and you know nothing. Nothing derails my life more than believing I'm broken, mm. and um, and I think too, like, similar to me in my twenties. No one that I wanted love. Not knowing how to create it. No one I wanted connections. No one that I wanted to like share my heart, give my whole heart to somebody, and. It, and, and I, and I, I say things like, and I didn't know how to do it, but now I look back and I'm, I didn't want to do it. I was too scared to do it. Mm. And, you know, like being stuck between wanting and having mm. and the fear mm. and the, you know, the, whatever the lack of courage or the ego or, you know, how, what will people think of me mm-hmm. and, um. You know, and I think too, like, I I, I think he didn't have a place to talk about his pain. Mm -hmm. You know, he, his dog had died. And you know, his dog, he he was one of these people who bonded with his dog. best friend or something? Absolute best friend. And um, his wife's mom had also died. Mm -hmm. And so, just like the tsunami that came for me it came for him mm. and it's pretty hard to outrun a tsunami <laughs> and um so what i think those are are the the root of some of the It's it's the lack of or the loss of love mm. it's the lack of or the loss of the connection to me to our heart and to um, I don't know, like a sacred part. And I don't talk wooji like that too much, yeah. but I just can't deny that there's this something that aches in our soul and deep in our being that's, that yearns for connection to something totally. outside of us totally. inside and outside, or maybe even it's to, to come to recognize that we're all connected mm-hmm. and the separation from that is painful. Mm. I, I think everyone has felt that, mm. um, and if you don't know that you've felt it, that's what that thing is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Th- yeah. That that might be a, a thing that you can, it's like that, that's that ache yeah. and that hunger.
0: Or that pull, yeah. that tug on your heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, sorry to hear about your bro and your dad, but it is the circle of life. I realize it, I've it lost is. as well Yeah, it is. Sucks. It is. It's not easy. Um I, I do feel like with – since kind of shifting from working with primarily all women is at you know, women have their own pain bodies, if you will, um, switching from all women to kind of focusing all on men these last two years, the amount of conversations I've had with men that are really in dire straits, you know, and I think the fear is that, that it is going to eat them alive and they're not going to make it through. Mm-hmm. Um and i think there are some men that don't make it through. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe you could talk to why that is is cuz they they do it alone. Is it, what's the difference between your bro and you? Maybe not to compare, but like it sounds like y- you were borderline. <laughs> like it, it could have gone s- sour, right?
1: It was very close.
0: But you were doing the work, you had the support, you were speaking, sharing your emotions like what what for you got you through the the darkest of the
1: dark? Uh, I think that we adopt uh, a reality that traps us or corners us or has us believe that life is one way when it's actually another. Mm -hmm. And and we put on the most powerful cloaking devices (laughs) and brainwashing techniques to believe that this is the thing that's going to help me and it's not. If I just make enough money and support my family, my wife won't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if we just
0: have a kid, that'll, right? That'll do it. Whatever it is,
1: this thing I'm supposed to do that I think I'm supposed to do, that I bury myself under. Mm-hmm. And I say this to people a lot. I said it to a guy last night at the at the meeting. Mm-hmm. I said I I really want for you to be homeless and live in your car with your wife and your kids and have a family than to believe that they're only with you if you make money. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things, one of the realizations I had to come to is I, the truth is deep, deep inside. They don't want my money. They don't want my whatever the hell else it is that I fill in the blank with. They want the real me mm-hmm. and for a long time, I didn't know how to find the real me. Mm. It had been buried and and covered over and for for so long with numbness and um you know because as as a kid, I started brokering deals with one part of myself with the other, mm. and I said, don't ever let me wind up in this position again don't ever you know i I put parts that were like you know, beautiful and precious. And I put him in the closet mm-hmm. and I locked the door and I handed this big scary dude the key and I said, don't ever let me in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had to face that guy. Mm. I had to face that guy. And, you know, and sometimes it was like pleading and sometimes it was like a wrestling match and sometimes it was like, you know, a, a smash and grab, mm-hmm. you know, like a fucking hold up. Mm-hmm. And finally it was like, that is me. And that that was a deal I made. And I had to, break that deal. Mm. And um, you know, like I could run away and I could like n- you know, not face that that big scary part mm-hmm. and think, oh, it's okay, I'll just, you know, dress this way or oh it's okay I'll just, you know, put on this costume or it, yeah. yeah. And I think that the the to get out from underneath of the you know decades or years or fucking millennia, if you believe in that kind of family legacy type stuff that that we convince ourselves that that's that's what our value is and that's Mm -hmm. what's, you know, the only thing that is going to gain uh, the love that we need. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's the thing too is it becomes this secret. It becomes this, like, secret that then we don't even you know, know ourselves. I don't know if you ever had something important and you hit it because you wanted it to be safe and you f- hid it from yourself. Mm-hmm. You lost it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't even remember where I put that. <laughs> and it, it's like that. And um, I think that's some of the stuff, you know, with, with my brother, I I, I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I tried to have some conversations with him and it was like, nope, not going there, mm. you know. <laughs> It's locked behind that door as well for him. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, and that's the way it is. I mean, y- y- you know, like we weren't close. I'm sure you know he had a couple different people that uh, you know he had relationships with, but man, w- we gotta find those people to say like, I- I'm fucking really scared, mm-hmm. or I'm re- I I have no clue what I'm doing, mm-hmm. or. I've created this life, it seems so foreign, and I can't stand myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that where like, I don't, I can't find the way to the to the life I want, but I know it isn't what I have right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is interesting, because that's what I've heard the most of in the 100 plus coffees that I've had over the mm-hmm. past two years with guys. Guys are saying, I don't know what's off. I don't know what I really even want, but what I do know is that what I've got is yeah. not what I want. Yeah. Right.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I, I hear that too. It's like, I I don't know what it is, but something's missing. Mm-hmm. Something is not, you know, and, and I can't identify it, but it's this elusive something. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, this is something too that I believe is missing is, We just don't sit still enough Mm. and be and and develop that relationship with ourselves. I mean, all of the ancient philosophies, religion aside, all have practices of sitting still, Mm -hmm. all have practices of, you know, contemplation of our death, Mm. uh, our meaning, our existence and uh, looking at from an objective place the nature of how my mind works. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is awkward and boring and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to like devote oneself to some level of a practice of that to figure out who I really am Mm -hmm. and what I really want, what really turns my crank. And um, for a really long time, this will sound cliche because it kind of is, but, you know, it was about what I could get And I, I definitely turned a corner in fulfillment and gratification came from what I could give Mm. from, from, and and, you know, I, I didn't consider myself any kind of a, a generous person. I didn't consider myself any kind of a, a volunteer type person where I was like volunteer. And I'd heard about this stuff of like, you know, Oh man, I just find these volunteer projects. I'm like, Fucking high, <laughs> yeah. that shit's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What you, I'm, I, I'm gonna get mine. Yeah. I'm, I need to, I'm figuring some shit out. I gotta get mine. I wanna, you know, put a new motor in my motorcycle, and it's, you know, and I need, I need money for, for that. that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I had this like, you know, those awakenings where I was like, holy shit, this is what that feels like. And I, and I was like, I do get something by giving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. And and I ha- I've i lost my balance in that, too, where it was like, oh, cool, I'm just going to give, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, and it felt good. And, and then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, whoops, I'm mm-hmm. um, like a dried out old whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, it, you know, bring it back. And, and some of that, too, then would co-opt with, you know, it was really easy to give and really just do that because I didn't have the self-esteem to earn and to create, you know, do any types of Client creation and sales or whatever it was that needed to happen to have a balanced life so that I could afford to give Mm -hmm. in in a really, you know, good way and healthy way and Mm -hmm. give to certain people uh, or groups of people or types of people that I deemed were were people that I would enjoy giving access to like a technology that I'd Mm -hmm. learned and wanted to transfer. Mm -hmm. And that was early on in my Mankind Project career mm-hmm. of volunteering. Mm-hmm. Come back. And they invited me to staff and, you know, I was like, man, eh, all right, you know, try it. And, you know, there's like a couple of times I'm like still trying to figure out like, I mean, I was overwhelmed. I've you know, been on those weekends. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a production, mm-hmm. 30, 40, uh, you know, participants and 40, 50, 60 and, you know, um, just the organizational part of it and everything. I was like, my head was swimming mm-hmm. my head was swimming but eventually i'm like this is a production that's put on so the people can come and and find what that thing is that they're looking for mm-hmm. so that they can have some glimpse into this is who i really am and and that was 17 18 years ago it's crazy and that's why now I lead those weekends Mm -hmm. all over the world Mm -hmm. and um, and I was obsessed for a while you know kind of kind of that was my new thing that I turned into a junkie around Mm -hmm. was like you know training after training after training and you know a hundred or so later and being having gone all over the world and you know different languages and Europe or South Africa or you know whatever and um, because that's why, because there's something really intoxicating about being in the sphere of someone who, who gets that taste, they gets that they get that satiation from something that they've they they've need and have yearned for for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. and someone gave it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, some a group of people provided that for me. And you. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. Hmm.
0: This, you called it a gang, you called it a club. Was it a legit gang? Legit. Um, From the stuff I've seen on TV. Or illegitimate. Yeah, illegitimate. However you want to see it. It was legit to you, for sure. Brotherhood was pretty powerful. What, Uh, you certainly hear, I, I'll speak an I, I've seen and heard that sometimes it's really tough to get out of those gangs. Yeah. Um, how, how was just your, your experience? What did you love about it? And then what areas of it? Cause I feel like men, probably those are the building blocks that men all probably would cater towards if it's legitimate, right? It's the shadiness that does make you start to feel like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to make my, make my way through this alive if I keep going down this path or maybe you had that awakening, but yeah, what well, are the building blocks to... What made that successful and so much fun for you during that time in your life
1: yeah, so um it was an it was a one percent gang mm-hmm. and which means it was an illegal you know it was a it was a one percent club um you know uh, clearly demonstrating that you know we participated in illegal activities mm-hmm. and um I've always been a person that. You know, if I'm gonna do something, I want to do it like to its greatest degree. Yeah. You know, I I I'm gonna, you know, like I, I want to be the most you know intense version of that thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, I I I got into it because you know I I spent time hanging out with somebody who you know, and I I I think motorcycles are cool and they're fast and um, you know, like I like. Feeling like I'm getting shot out of a rocket, yeah. and and you know I, I really like that. <laughs> right. Um. And so I kind of started getting into motorcycles, and you know, spending time with people that you know. And uh, I, I had a really, really great friend who was, you know, also kind of a mentor, and he, you know, rode in the club. And um so I was like, cool. I mean, this is just kind of the next step as I hang out with him and hang out with these other people and. You know, participate in things, <clears throat> and um, I think the um, it 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 was not it was hard to get into. Mm-hmm. So what um, we want, what we can't have, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the more difficult it is to attain, um, I think the more certain people want it. Which yeah. I, you know, I was yeah. one of those people. It's yeah. like, well, if it's hard, then you know, it must be for me. And yeah. you know, and and if it must, and if it's hard. Then I really want to do it, <clears throat> and um, <laughs> so that was one of the things. Is it, it was a it was prized, you know, membership was prized, and so there was a, a sense of pride in that. Like you have reached a sanct, an inner sanctum of a club and of a membership and belonging into a thing, and there was that was all fairly well known. Mm. There was plenty of internal violence because that was kind of just a, 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 a nature of of you know the type of individuals that spent time there um but it was i don't know it wasn't that big a deal to me mm-hmm. um and and you know there were certain people that were involved in all kinds of other you know illegal type things and and there were people that were didn't do those types mm-hmm. of things and and um you know fun could be found in all kinds of ways <laughs> um but that that sense of belonging was the thing that um was so such a draw. Is that that was that the most intoxicating
0: part of it? The belonging.
1: I don't. I wouldn't say that was the intoxicating part because it was something that just set much lower in my being. You uh-huh. know, the intoxicating part was the, you know, exciting, the adventure, side. Y- adventure. Yeah. The you know like this like you know we're doing a lot of stuff we shouldn't do. Yeah, and you know, and that was exciting. Um, there was also. Um, there was a lot of power in it. There was a lot of power in being with a group of twelve guys and you know riding your motorcycle a hundred miles an hour in the wrong lane mm-hmm. and not stopping for anything or anybody. you know mm-hmm. there's just a lot of craziness and power in that, and like you know the willingness to to do things like that for the sake of just harnessing personal power yeah. or perceived personal power or what have you and and testing limits of like I mean you know there's a lot of stupid things Mm -hmm. but the ability to like take oneself and and do that in a group of people the other thing is that the 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 kind of the internal justice system was really swift and really clear and it was um, very overt you know like if you know some guy you know grabbed some other guy's uh, girlfriend's or wife's ass it just punch him you yeah. just punch him and say, yeah, that that's fucked up and that's bullshit and don't yeah. do that. And he's like, oh, okay, got it. I hear you. I, that's very clear to me. Yeah. You know, or there'd be some argument about something and, you know, somebody get thrown off a deck or something and jump up and down on them a couple of times. And they, it was really clear. They understood, okay, my behavior is obviously not acceptable here or this, somebody has a problem with this. And that just made a lot of sense to me. I liked the clarity of it and you know we still we live in a time right now where you know people are really quick to insult one another they're really quick to disrespect each other mm-hmm. and there's really no um um uh, you know discipline or negative outcome that ha- would have someone learn that like wow that that i, I shouldn't do that mm-hmm. you know like it's it's more of a you know my dad used to say stupid should hurt <laughs> and and i think that if it did then people would be a lot less stupid, mm-hmm. and that that was what what made a lot of sense to me is there was just a lot of clarity and you know if you didn't like somebody or they didn't like you, it was clear, and we're not gonna like you know act like it, we're not gonna like do the whole song and dance. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stay away from you, mm-hmm. you know we're in this thing, we do this thing together, but fucking don't stand near me mm-hmm. and um that that was that was you know, the, the brotherhood there, um, was, was powerful and, uh, the belonging and the shared reality or vision, you know, the, the projects that we, the projects quote unquote that we would do. And <laughs> we're just, it was, it was, um, you know, and at the time that was like Belonging and community, mm-hmm. and um, so going from doing martial arts as a kid and into my, you know, teens and late teens and early twenties, and then having that like dissolve and and shift, it was a very natural, easy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like almost cult like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and the thing that didn't work was that there was a lot of the surface connection, a lot of that. And there was not a lot of like the deeper, mm. you know, like questioning about the philosophy of life. Mm. And, um, and I think too, you know, I had done so much flagrant disregard for my life. And some of that was fun and some of that was really interesting. And some of that was, you know, a really wonderful thing for my ego. Um, it, something was incongruent in it for me. Mm. Something, um, there was a respect that I, uh, that was being called for. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, of activities inside that you just do what you're told. You don't ask questions. You just do what you're told. Right. And that was not working for me anymore. You know, it was, I didn't want to just do what I was told. Mm -hmm. Um, I questioned where it came from and that's, that doesn't make a good soldier. Right. Um, and creates conflict and it creates you know um, it it fucks up the chain of command mm. it fucks up the hierarchy um and you know it it it, it just made sense it was like i don't want to die for this stuff yeah. and i don't want to end up in prison here yeah and i mean there was a part of me that did mm-hmm. there's a part of me that was like i'm going to die for this shit and eventually it was not i w- you know it was like and once it kind of came on it was like yeah this doesn't work and I got I to gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, last night you talked about um, that you were raised on a reservation. Uh-huh. Um, Native American? Uh-huh. Yeah? Didn't want to assume. But uh, now when we're talking about gangs, when we're talking about rites of passage, um, talking about your roots, like, you know, that, that rite of passage from boy to manhood. Um And kind of the conversation around a sense of belonging. What do you feel like, kind of two questions. What do you feel like men are craving the most right now? And um, what was my other question? We'll start with that one because I forget my other question. It's kind of a two-part question. But what do you feel like men are craving the most in today's society? Purpose.
1: Purpose. Yeah. What do I want to do with my time that's important to me? Mm Mm-hmm. We have one thousand four hundred forty minutes in the day. Mm-hmm. About a thousand of those are awake. Mm-hmm. And what am I? Where am I going to spend them? You know, I get a deposit every night. Mm-hmm. And where am I going to spend them? Mm-hmm. And who am I going to be with? And and what are we going to do? And you know, we're chasing our tails so much. We've been handed a lot of different paradigms and conceptualizations that are just it's just not working to like you know consume and fuck and do the different things that we plenty of us are driven to try to do Mm -hmm. to quench it Mm -hmm. and I think it's purpose it's like what is my superpower and how am I going to give it to the world Mm -hmm. how am I going to take the thing which I think is oftentimes connected to our deepest wounds as kids. And, uh, you know, Wentworth Miller said, let me be to someone else what no one was to me. Mm. And that's a great start. Mm -hmm. It's like, what the hell did you need as a kid? More than anything. And how can you give that to the world? Amen. Yep. And um, I think that that's it. So, if, if a part of What men need is also some clarity. Clarity around that purpose. Clarity around, you know, you know. It's so easy to just become distracted and Mm. watered down, Mm. and you know, like I say one thing and I do another. I say this is important and I don't prioritize it. And the the fact of the matter is, we spend those thousand minutes. What with what is truly important. Mm-hmm. And if you're confused about what's important to you, look where you spend your time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy with what you make important, you got some opportunities mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between doing what I want and doing what fulfills me. Mm. Because there's a lot of shit I want to do, mm-hmm. and I like doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm I've I've faced the truth enough to where I know what fulfills me. And sometimes it's shit I want to do, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's shit I like to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, oftentimes it's not so glamorous. It's not so sexy. Mm-hmm. It's
0: very true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Wants versus uh, fulfillment. Right. I think we we chatted about that, or I, I mentioned a, a key point of that. And I do feel like that uh, it's a Tony Robbins thing, or I'm sure he got it from someone else, but that whole science of achievement, art of fulfillment, yep. two sides of the same coin, and yep. I feel like it's so good because I'm like, man, guys can put on their blinders and get really good about achieving things, but then a lot of them find their way to you know our age and be like, what, what the fuck is this all for, yeah. you know? I had that awakening a little bit earlier just because of, you know, life going the way that it was. Um, and I stumbled into, like, why was I even fighting for this that mm-hmm. I had at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never had consciously uh, or intentionally chosen what I was really going for. I just kind of was checking the boxes that I was raised to believe would lead me to happiness. Mm-hmm. And it certainly was the opposite and failed my marriage and everything else so I think the fulfillment part the art of fulfillment which is different for each man right. is where you need to really dig into
1: right yeah well I mean we we don't give ourselves cr- enough credit to recognize that we're not simple creatures yeah and you know it's not just a paint by numbers thing yeah that's gonna you know ha- it's something we're gonna have to actually toil in and access the creative parts of ourselves and fail and learn and fail and learn Mm -hmm. and try and retry and, and and until we find the mixture of things that makes that perfect color Mm. that we paint our landscape or Mm -hmm. our masterpiece Mm with, um, Yeah.
0: what do you feel like you're most proud of so far in your life?
1: My marriage, you know, my marriage right now with my wife, um, I've worked hard and, um, everything that I've experienced led me to creating and holding it in a regard that I do. Mm. And I, you know, you and I, in our conversations and different, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm usually, um, quick to say or very comfortable revealing that you know she's the most important person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And um you know and and that was one of the things that I I had to learn the hard way as there were a lot of people that were important that I didn't treat as important. Mm-hmm. So um I I think that the team that we are has helped create that even better versions of me that I give birth to iteration after iteration after iteration Mm -hmm. that has me do good work it has me you know um, serve the world it has me you know create things and build things and have fun and, um, and also to have that person that um, I wanna share everything with. Mm. And um, I think that the after that un- another thing that I'm very proud of or or psyched that I have accomplished is, um, is to have gotten involved in the Mankind Project and have achieved the certification level that I have at the age that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the youngest full leader in the world and I, I have been for (laughs) however many years I've been certified and, um, and to, to really caringly generously give what I do believe as a value of me to people, to help them create better lives Mm -hmm. and their families and their, you know, everybody else, um, so it's said that if we touch a person's life, that person impacts 500 lives. Mm. And so, you know, the thousands of lives that I've, you know, I've chosen to to intentionally and consciously impact is something that you know, is, is uh, I'm proud of it. And I didn't, I didn't go about doing it so that I, and I, and those numbers I'd never, I've never calculated that mm-hmm. out before. Like I just kind of did in my head, mm-hmm. but that's, I'm, I'm psyched with that mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a sense of giving back and there's a, you know, and, and I, I went through some of that for a while where it was like, well, I have to pay it back and I have to pay it forward. And, you know, I have to, and I don't want to do it because I've, I owe it. I don't want to do and go through life where I'm, you know, I'm, I got to do this because someone did it for me. But, yeah. but, but to have this sense of paying it forward, have this sense of, you know, expanding and raising the consciousness of the planet yeah. by, you know, touching the lives of, of the people <laughs> that we're in relationships with
0: no doubt. I kind of think about it in terms of my parents. It's like, there is there any way that I could really pay them back for, I mean, just even just my mom, like women in general, I was having this conversation with my, um, uh, I think maybe earlier t- I forget who I was talking to, but anyways, saying like a woman gives up her body, <laughs> hmm. gives up her time, her will, will literally like her body will be less than it was. Quote unquote. Um, before children, but it's they do it in the name of just unconditional love, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no way that I, you know, my mom's gone, but no way to necessarily pay my actual, you know, human parents back other than just to pay it forward, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you know? And I think that's a, a big part of, um, I mean, you said it last night, but like men finding a purpose that contributes to something greater than themselves is pretty... Important. Otherwise, you know, if we're just out looking for what what we can get, it's either you know shallow or just I don't. Me personally, I don't have that many needs. It's you know I'm pretty you yeah. know pretty good with you know small small amount. But oh no, I think it's cool that you say it too. Just that that your wife is, from what I see, and of course social media, is social media. But from what I see, it seems like you guys have a pretty special. Thing going on, which is pretty cool, and, and what the world needs more examples of, <laughs> quite frankly.
1: You know, well, we, well, it's actually horrible, but we curate those photos <laughs> and those experiences to look that way. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it really is. It yeah. really is special. And of course, it has the challenges and the different yeah. we have our differences and we come from different places. Um, but I think it's the willingness to figure it out yeah. no matter what it is. Mm that creates a, a ton of of power and success and connection mm-hmm. um the, you know you you've just said something that reminded me i don't remember the saying well and and i've just i'm i'm now starting to feel this and i don't know if it's a maturity thing or a, a developmental thing or or consciousness level thing but you know when we begin to plant seeds and knowing that we're never going to be able to sit under the shade of those trees mm-hmm. is as um, I think it's like our, our lives start being something very different mm. when we um, have that in mind.
2: Mm.
1: I'm not, I don't have kids. I don't want kids and, and I'm not going to have any, but I get it. And um, for the next person, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the next people to, <laughs> you know, enjoy the, the, the shade of the thing that I've nurtured and grown and mm-hmm. and um supported into existence.
0: Right. Well and how many men have you supported and men who are to be fathers or are currently fathers, right? To right. the Mankind Project. Right. It's uh Right. Yeah. Pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Um I wanted to uh to ask you a little bit more about just the you know the the coaching you do um and the work of just yeah, supporting not only in Mankind Project but just outside of Mankind Project. Um what do you find that that's that's most fulfilling about coaching or is it outside of coaching? What's what's uh in working with people what's fascinates you or lights you up the most?
1: Um getting confirmation that their life becomes better. Mm. And when their life becomes better they have better relationships with the people they love, mm-hmm. and um, I'm 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 pretty patient, mm-hmm. and you know I coach people, and my my kind of general construct around that is talking on the phone once a week for a year, mm-hmm. um, taking a week off here and there. I used to take a week off every month to do trainings and workshops and stuff like that, and since COVID, I've just been like every week. Mm-hmm. I'll you know take time off to go on a little vacation or leave the country or something like that. But um, to have people to, to plant, you know, an idea and a perception and then see it, you know, like get it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. three months later, a year later, five years later. Mm -hmm. um, And, and to say, I got it. That made sense. And, and and this is how I implemented it. And this is how this relationship Mm -hmm. is better. You know, or I've, repaired a relationship with my adult child or, you know, there was a guy last year, um, that, so I do, um, some, some training through, uh, Boulder Crest Institute, uh, which is a a group that serves. It's a privately funded organization that, um, supports and trains veterans, Mm. combat veterans, and, um, and so I train the teams that put on workshops for those guys Cool. and, um, you know, I teach them about EQ and facilitation and, you know, a lot of it is emotional, you know, guiding people from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, um, I get it, man. Like the whole emotional world is like, it's, that's art that's yep. art yep. and you know it's intimidating and like fuck that man just give me the rules give me the, like the you know the thing and then I'll just follow the steps and I'll yeah. do that yeah. and you know there's there, there was this particular guy and um i was you know had had you know and and they work their asses off they're you know some of these guys are the best at what they do mm-hmm. you know um and he spoke at his daughter's wedding and he said, I used what you told me mm. and it worked. It was exactly what I needed to do. And you know, I wasn't doing that to, you know, for, you know, it was, but but to access my heart, speak from the heart and to convey sentiment from that place mm-hmm. is, a, is a complete game changer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hearing that, it was like, that's it. Mm. That's why I'm doing this. Mm. And cause you know, like, plenty of this stuff it's like it's 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 surfacy or you know like even the mankind project weekends we go to we all go we do something important and then i go home and and there's a lot of those people i never see them again mm-hmm. but when they go mm-hmm. home and in their everyday life and those relationships that they're in every single day yeah. and those improve that's what matters mm-hmm. I don't care about me you know or i don't you know like yeah we get together and but that's not our life our life is back home it's back wherever it is that we do Mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's that's some of the good stuff that's cool
0: well i hope those that are listening and watching get a sense as to what this man's all about and uh the possibilities because i think it's tough obviously tough to um encapsulate in one hour uh all the things that that you've invested in yourself that you could potentially invest in someone else so so from from my heart truly I mean I have a lot of amazing people on this podcast um but I think if you're a guy that uh who's struggling needs to to really wrap his head around what's getting in the way you know getting that clarity of purpose getting some valuable tools working with Chance here would be pretty uh, pretty awesome. Um, if it's if it's a good fit and if you feel like what he says resonates, so chance. Uh, no, you say uh, Consulting dot com. Yep, is, is a good
1: good place to start, right? If it's, um, if you don't put it in the show notes, it's t a u r e a u consulting dot com. Yep, yep. I'm all over different social media too, and um, you know all of it yeah. and, uh, um, I can find you. Yeah. I've have, have a YouTube channel that I've been building and it's all just interesting ideas that I share, you know? Um, so yeah. And I've got a team. I'm, I've been developing a team of a couple more guys that I work with too. Um, so, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I may not be the perfect fit, but, you know i got a, a good round solid team of guys that are super deep mm-hmm. and willing to go wherever is needed mm-hmm. in that psyche of 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 us to um to get answers I think that's pretty that's
0: that's exactly what guys need although they might not uh <laughs> right wanna really right. go for it because it's scary as shit right but I do feel like again if there's something that uh uh, something that's pulling on your heart as you're listening to this, it's yes, I've been through it too. In terms of like, it feels like emotional kick in the in the junk over and over again, painful, and yet it's it's kind of like being in the gym. You kind of have to right. face that if you want yourself to emotionally grow, if you want your mental and emotional endurance to grow, you're gonna have to push yourself and put demand on it. And I think uh, right. having a coach and having a good support group of other men.
1: Um, it's it's a good first step at least,
0: and if not, then like you said, you could they could talk to you and you'll steer them in the right direction. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Or
1: you know, you know, if that's not in your cards, read some books. <laughs> I'll be glad to recommend books and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. that's we have so much information out there that can transform our lives. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man.
0: Thank you for being total, here.
1: Total thanks pleasure. Total pleasure. Thanks for inviting me over to hang out. And Absolutely. Share absolutely
0: awesome you guys uh connect with with chance dot consulting.com or youtube facebook instagram he's all over the place and until we meet again thanks for checking out the johnny king show i hope this has been of value and we'll catch up with you on the next episode all right cheers and i want to thank you so much for listening to the johnny king show and hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at and then please follow me on Instagram at Johnny King, facebook.com backslash Johnny King men's coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.